Hey there, I'm Sister Catherine Herms, author of Surviving Depression, A Catholic Approach, and Reclaim Regret, How God Heals Life's Disappointments. And it's great to be able to spend these next few moments together with you in a healing, a soul healing conversation. I believe this healing is our birthright and that healing is possible. And so we begin as we always do by inviting you to realize right now that you are filled with light. The light that God has put within you, deep within you from your birth. And if you're baptized in a special way through your baptism, a light that grows through your life, a life that, that cannot erase that light. No matter what happens, that light of God's love, of His gaze upon you, and of His presence within you is always there, waiting for you, longing for you, working for you. So let's begin with a deep breath and let go of worries, reactions, blame, blaming, and fear, and anxiety, and shame. And let us find that peace within us, that peace we so long for. We do so many things to find that peace, but in truth, we find that peace only within ourselves because God places that peace there, in that place where He lives. To make peace with ourselves, we need to accept all of our own history. All of us, we all have something in our past that is a source of resentment or suffering. It could be where we were born or the school we went to that didn't give us the best opportunities. Perhaps it's the parents' inattention. And some of us have been seriously hurt by neglect, loneliness, or abuse. The process of becoming still to find that peace may be too frightening because we're fearful of what the stillness may bring to the surface. And so when we try to step back to find that place of peace, we may need to create a safe place. So begin to settle down, to loosen, to let go, to forget, to turn off the endless mental activity and emotional responses that keep you on the surface of your life. When you feel calmer, try to picture a place where you would like to be, a place where you feel welcome or accepted and safe. This safe place could be by the ocean. It might be a, a room in your home or a friend's house. 
or even a place you visited on vacation. Take some time to get grounded in that place. Notice what you see there, what you hear, and what you touch. Imagine Jesus coming to you in your safe place. Perhaps he takes you by the hand and leads you to a place where you can sit together. Perhaps he looks deeply into your eyes and you into his. As you relax, begin to say a small breath prayer, a prayer that is short but has a quiet intensity about it, almost a relaxed concentration. For example, you might say, Jesus, I worship you. Touch my heart. Jesus, I worship you. Touch my heart. Or Jesus, come. Jesus, come. Or finally, heal me, Lord. Hold me. Heal me, Lord. Hold me. This is the place to which we can return again and again. And it is here in time that you may eventually be able to hand over the controls of your life to God, believing that he will indeed fulfill his promises to you. Let me share with you a story. I stood at the door. It had been the longest two hours of my life and the hardest. My friend asked, why hasn't God done something? And the tears just washed down her tired face. I have tried so hard. I went to Chicago because of the pain center there. It was a joke. I tried the pain center in Boston. No one there could do anything. I have been prescribed all this pain medicine, which hasn't taken away the pain, but made me feel numb. You saw me trying to get off all that morphine. It was awful. Now, after this last experience at the hospital, I can tell that the doctors there don't know what to do either. They looked at my MRIs and, and they suggested I try lifting weights to strengthen my muscles. Only Dr. Jensen understood, but, but she's moving out of state. That was the last straw. It's like God is slapping me in the face every time I try to help myself. God doesn't care about me. I wanted to tell my friend that God does care, that God can't do anything but love, but I knew she couldn't believe me. 25 years of excruciating back pain, the result of a fall when she was a child, was compounded by her frustration and her anger and all the unfinished business from her own tragic childhood. She was speaking again. Why did God put me in so many situations that ruined my life? 
Why didn't he protect me from my mom? Not even your dad could do that, JC, I said quietly. Then why did God do that to me, she said, her tears a non-stop flood. She had lost any hope of receiving a satisfactory answer. And indeed, I had no answer to give. Instead, I felt anxious and restless. I should have an answer, I heard an inner voice saying. There is a doctor at the hospital I know, maybe... Again, my friend broke into my thoughts. I feel like I'm clawing at the ground, trying to keep myself from sinking into an endless black whirlpool. I'm sorry I'm so out of control. Something inside me cried out to her. JC, I know you don't want to hear this, but a little counseling could help. No answer. She only cried harder. I don't want to go through all my childhood issues again. I know, I gently responded. After some time, JC added quietly, I don't want people to think this is all in my head. I'm afraid they won't believe me, that I really am in physical pain. Again, I had no answer. She finally admitted, I know I'm depressed. Chronic pain leads to depression, but I am afraid to open Pandora's box again. I'm sitting on the lid because because if I let it open up, I know I won't be able to close it again, ever. JC, I said, you won't be able to feel God's presence and love for you until you let the contents of that box out. I know it's scary, but you are putting up a wall between you and the deepest parts of yourself. Then that wall goes up between you and your experience of God. But God is still there in your pain. Even our walls can't keep him out. It's not that God is absent. It's just that you can't sense him. You need to stop hiding. But if I let it out, it will just be another reminder of how bad I am. And Jace's tears started again. God dances for joy at our birth, taking us in strong yet gentle arms as we enter into the world. As we encounter situations that are painful and deforming, God cries with us. I really believe that God cries with us. He does not leave us alone in our pain. Even when situations make us begin to close in on ourselves or induce us to hide from others, hide from ourselves, hide from God, we are surrounded by the power and the love of God. Even in those moments when we feel God can't be trusted, we resist, we resist that love. We resist it and we set out on our own, fighting our way through life. Or perhaps we feel that we're pitted against life, against ourselves and even against God. Like JC, we feel the need to to take matters into our own hands. Abraham, whose story is recounted within the first 25 chapters of Genesis, also felt that he had to take matters into his own hands. 
The Lord promised him a glorious future. He has said, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. So he and his beautiful wife, they pulled up their stakes, they packed up their tents, and they followed the Lord into a mysterious yet exciting future. But as the years followed, even as the promise was reiterated and covenants with the Lord were sealed, no child appeared. Though he was a man of faith, Abraham actually jeopardized the promise several times by manipulating circumstances so that the Lord's words might be fulfilled. Sarah said to her husband, You see that the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my slave girl. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. Abraham tried to get a male descendant through Hagar, and indeed Hagar bore him a son whom he called Ishmael. The Lord, however, kept on repeating the original promise. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And Abraham laughed. How could this be, he thought to himself. And yet it was to be. Within a year Sarah bore him Isaac. She who was infertile bore a son to a man over a hundred years old. Isaac was the son of the promise, the boy through whom the blessings would be fulfilled. Abraham's entire life was tied up with this child. On him rested every hope for the family's future. And less than 10 years later, it was this child that God asked Abraham to sacrifice on the mountain in the land of Moriah. So Genesis tells us, Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown to him. It seems incredible. How could Abraham, who for years had been manipulating events to protect the promise the Lord had made to him, now, without a word, simply get up at the Lord's voice and go? Unbeknownst to him, the Lord was not asking Abraham for his son's life. It was Abraham's life that the Lord still wanted, Abraham's trust that he still had not received. Abraham, the Lord was asking, can you let me take your life into my hands? Will you entrust your entire life and future unconditionally to me? Now, when it seems everything has ended, I will indeed bless you, and I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. Abraham, are you able to trust me yet? And Abraham rose early in the morning and set out. 
Abraham finally handed everything over to God, even at the painful prospect of losing this son who meant more than everything to him. Abraham was ready now to believe. He had finally learned to give up control over his own life. Abraham had finally learned that life is authentic only when it is received as a gift, as a grace. When we hand our lives over to the Lord, we come out of hiding, hiding behind our ideas of how things should be, hiding behind who we think we are, hiding behind any dreams for our future. As God showed himself faithful when Abraham stepped out in faith with Isaac at his side, God showed himself faithful to JC and will manifest his fidelity to anyone who takes a trusting step into the unknown. I love this quote by Jean-Pierre de Crossade. It says, but I foresee your question, if this or that other thing happens, what will become of me? And he says, let this be your attitude, to live in absolute dependence upon God, to live day by day, from hour to hour, from moment to moment, without concerning yourself with either tomorrow or the future generally. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Let us rely solely upon his fatherly care. Let us surrender ourselves to it utterly for all our temporal and spiritual and even our eternal welfare. So let's stop here and be still for a moment. What is it about your future or your present that you worry about? Where is it that you worry what will become of me? What do you notice stirring within you? Any emotions, reactions, resistance? A call from God, an opening of a window or a door. What do you want to say to God? What do you want to receive from God? What do you want God to know about your struggles in your life? And Jesus has a word just for you. Listen for that word now. If there is one thing on which we can all agree, it is that the world needs this soul healing. When we're loved, we thrive. And it's, it's really just that simple. The truth is that we can walk free of our wounds. The truth is that we can love that place within ourselves that's so hurt, that's so longing to know that it is worth something, that it is beautiful, that it is lovely, that it is lovable. 
this healing, this holiness is a process, it's a journey. And it's a journey that you're already on. But if you are like me, you might need some simple helps along the way. So I hope you join me on my private Facebook group for weekly video conferences. Just look up my name, Sister Catherine Herms. And if you become a Patreon member, you will get immediate access to over 60 video and audio programs to help you grow in holiness, as well as exclusive content and monthly journaling pages geared to help you on your spiritual journey. So I hope I see you around. Bye now, and may you walk today amid the blessings of God.